Yeah, I guess you could call it that. Makes you want to die. Not really. No, it just makes me want to not listen to it. You don't like Kill Switch Engage? <laughs> kill Switch Engage? Well, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to look back on the history there to see what the name of that song was. I should know these things. Hmm. You should be keeping me on top of my game. Oh, well. So what are you sipping on tonight? Some Johnny Walker Black. I told Jason earlier in honor of his birthday I'd make sure I drank some Johnny Walker Black for him. Johnny Walker Black. He said he was drinking something pretty good. Jason is. Happy birthday, Jason. You know who you are. That's my daughter's birthday today, too, and she's down in Mexico. Getting away from... Had to get away from Trump. But, of course, she doesn't have to do that anymore. She can come right on back up, but... She don't want to. Yep. That's all right. <coughs> yeah, I mean, we know a lot of people that share birthdays. <coughs> and um, when you think about it, there's about 8 billion people close to it on the world, and you only got 365 days. So you sure, got do the math good there. Odds there right? <laughs> And it turns out I'm born the same day as Chairman Biden. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. I have the same November 20th birthday as Chairman Biden. That, yeah, that would haunt me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. There's probably some cool people that were born the same, same day as me. Yeah, probably. Your Christmas Day. Yeah. December 25th. Yep. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What am I drinking? This is not JW. That is, I think that's Evan Williams. That's what that is. Evan the white label stuff. 90 proof. Yeah. I think, yeah. All right, that works. So you had uh, a little work done on that competition 308. Yeah, I had to barrel bob back from 30 inches to 23, well, 22 and 3 quarter. And, that's uh, the magic number. That's the magic number. If you don't have a 22 and 3 quarter inch barrel, then you're just missing out. But, uh, I think that's what Johnny Martin's legs would accommodate. But that that's about where I wanted it anyway. I was gonna try to do like twenty two inches, but twenty two three quarters close enough. And I uh, got to shoot it today with the old load, make sure it was still hammering and it is. It's doing very well. And uh tomorrow I'm gonna try some two hundred Sierra Match Kings and see how those do. I've already uh developed a good load with two oh eight ELD, so I know the two hundreds are gonna do good. Uh, the question is, is are they going to do better? And that's going to be hard to do. Yeah, um, I had some good luck with the 200 Sierra Match Kings. And yeah, it's an old bullet. <laughs> it's uh, been around for, I don't know, probably at least two decades, probably longer. But um, it's very accurate, tangent jive bullet, easy to get them to shoot. It's not the highest BC in the world. The actual number on that is escaping me at the moment, but I think it's somewhere like around a 550. So nothing, nothing crazy. But uh, it's very accurate, and it hits pretty hard. The thing is about some of those old-school Sierra bullets, they may not have these screaming high BCs, but they are very accurate. They're very tolerant of seating depth. They They're <coughs> not finicky. I mean, a lot of these new bullets, like I tested some 208 uh, Burger Target hybrids, and uh, I'm no, no kidding, three-inch groups at 100 yards. And yeah, I'm sure I could have tuned the seating depth. Yeah, I hate to have to do that. And got it pretty darn tight but I mean I would have to chase that because the lands is going to erode every couple hundred rounds and then you know all of a sudden your load's gone from a one hole group to an inch inch and a half and god forbid three inches like I was getting so I just don't like these finicky uh, seeking no jab bullets and even though that one's called the target hybrid like hybrid 
Ojive, that's no, it's it's an aggressive seeking Ojive. Yeah. With a thin jacket, and that's just a recipe for disaster. It's it's difficult, even from lot to lot. You might oh, I found the perfect jump for this lot of burger VLDs. Back when I was shooting a six five to forty seven Lapua, um, I got I bought a thousand one forty RDFs. This is like right when the uh, RDF bullet line came out, and uh, the first thousand of those things that I had, they were deadly. I mean, they were deadly. I got a target in my room, a hundred yard paper where I shot a spider crawling along the, <laughs> the oh, target and just splattered it. And uh, I killed the groundhog with that at like 850 yards. And uh, I won at least one match at VPRC with that lot of bullets and did really well in a few others before I ran out of those. And I said, this is, yeah, I'm just going to get another thousand of those. Nope. Those, that second lot, I mean, terrible. Yeah, and uh, that's all that had changed. The brass hadn't changed. The primers didn't change. A lot of powder didn't change. I mean, nothing like that. And the barrel wasn't even close to shot out. So, I mean, the fact that they flipped like that, it just shows me inconsistent uh, making of the bullets. That's why the RDF they call them random down flyers. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. I think that you can get them to work if you've got a batch of them. Don't throw them out. Unless you throw them our way. We haven't had terrible luck with them but, uh, right. overall. So we're going to do a swap meet, folks. Those of you who are close enough to be at our um, range day on April 2nd. And for that day, we meet at 11 a.m. at the subway over there in Bland, Virginia. Um, and then we're going to do a match the next day, Saturday. Uh, that match is all prone, and it's uh, probably going to be three stages. I think we'll have a decent turnout, a uh, round count of around 45 rounds. And um, But anyway, this swap meet, uh, and you don't have to be coming to the match. You do have to come to the range day. You don't just show up and start trading without, you know, entering the range day, doing right. some shooting. And, uh, and if you want to do firearm trades or whatever, I mean, you do that by you. yourself. They on us. We right. do that. I mean, if you want to go take it and get it transferred or whatever like that or, or not, whatever, it is not on us. We are not responsible for any firearm dealings that to go on at the match. So we're not forbidding it we're uh, or encouraging it. We're just telling you, you know, we're not liable for anything that goes on as far as firearm trades or uh, sales. I don't want to be in trouble with the alphabet boys. The fed boys. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to get in trouble with them dudes. Because we're already at the top of, like, every single list. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it would be uh, definitely not out of the question that they would, you know, put some operative in there and just try to con somebody into trading a gun with no paperwork or something like that. Under the table. Right. And then, so, I mean... Anything that you do like that, do it at your own risk. Make yeah, sure no you doggone well who you're dealing with. No doggone well who you're dealing with. That's right. So, well, you can bring uh, reloading powder. You can bring loaded ammunition that you don't need anymore. Maybe trade. Primers are going to be a hot item. Primers, you know, a lot of yeah. people are looking for a small pistol. Somebody might be needing those and have a bunch of large rifles that they'd be willing to trade. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. I mean, just bring stuff that you're not using, and everybody else will too, and you'll probably find somebody to trade with. Sure enough, yeah, uh, and no gouging our, um, our our attendees. I don't, you know, so if you see, if you're sitting on tailgate of your truck, the breaker primer is a four hundred dollar sign on it. You're gonna be asked to leave. <laughs> That's just <laughs> not right, you know. That is not right. <laughs> Forty cents a primer, you know. I don't, I understand they're not easy to find, and they're the the price is a little higher, but not 
You know, things will come back around, I think. You know, I've said this before. I might have even mentioned it on the last podcast. Back in the Obama years, uh, people panic bought a bunch of stuff and just buy, 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 spend, 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 get all the stuff they can, 22 long rifle primers, brass, everything. It looked a lot like this. And people eventually choked on it. They finally got their fill. They finally felt like they were stocked up, and they stopped buying, and things started coming back around. Now, this, what we're dealing with now, may be different, just simply because there is no modicum of stability within the United States at this moment. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to stop buying. Even if I have tons and tons of stuff, I'm still going <laughs> to keep buying whatever I can get my hands on. Well, if you see it, it's a decent Right, price. right. I mean, I'm not paying $400 for primers or anything <laughs> like that, but uh, you know what I'm saying. So, I don't know if the shortage will stop by the summer or by the fall. I don't know. Hopefully it will. Um, I think there's a good chance that it will, but I guess we'll see. We will. We will see. Um, as I've mentioned before, uh, ammo seek. Not ammo seek. This is um, ammo land. I'm getting uh, emails weekly from ammo land, and they're starting to have more stuff. It looks like the rifle stuff is coming back sooner than everything else. Uh, ammunition depot. Forgive me. Um, See what <laughs> is that? I got the wrong name. Um, ammunition depot. Okay, not a great price, but not the worst I've ever seen. A PMC box of 20. Uh, this is brass cased, full metal jacket, 55 grain 223, $19, $18.99. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, not quite a dollar shot, but uh, right. I, I mean, that's that's not terrible, terrible. But I mean, I remember the days when you could get that because that, that stuff, as far as I'm concerned, is blasting fodder. That about it'll be with six, seven. Right, or, or I was thinking five. I remember the days <laughs> where you could get that for like five bucks, so a quarter around. But um, well, those days may not come. Back. They may not, but I mean, I at least want to see it get back to thirty-five. gas is coming back. That's either. not coming back. Definitely. Because now we're having to buy oil from the Middle East, which is an absolute disgrace. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is just ooh, make my blood burrow. <laughs> well, we're at war, and ninety percent of America does not realize that. We are at war. We've talked to you guys about this. Um, we have an enemy within. They are absolutely doing everything they can to destroy our economy. And uh, they're puzzling over how to disarm us. So what do we got going on in Congress? I don't even pay any attention to it, folks. You know, I'm well, it's not going to affect me one bit. Or me. <laughs> and it shouldn't you all, our listeners. Uh, I get emails. You know, more than a few. I get instant messaged. Um, I Donate now to fight gun to control bill, H whatever. Well, there's blah, blah, that. Blah. But then the thing I'm seeing is fellow gun owners or fellow patriots saying, well, look what this bill's going to do. Look what that bill's going to do. These things aren't going to do anything. They don't have the police power to enforce this stuff. And the sooner they pass a bunch of nonsense, and realize the sooner they'll find out that they've been screwing with the wrong people. Well, the sooner they'll find out that people are going to ignore them. Yeah. You know, and I think they know that, but I think they want the gun owners to be on pins and needles and be afraid to take their AR to the range and practice with it 
You know, because, yeah, they're not going to turn them in, but most of them are probably aren't just going to bring them out to the range and play with them like they used to. If you are going to do that, and, you know, they do... Make take, sure you take people with you. Take several and make sure they have theirs. But, I mean, yeah, if they pass the law, well, you cannot legally own an AR-15 in America again. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> they say, turn them all in, turn them all in. No, we're not turning them in. Um, but, yeah, don't be by yourself. You know, um, be... In good company, right? Know who you've been, who, who's around you, and uh, you know, just uh, be prepared. I will just say that to uh, stand up for your rights. I mean, uh, what is it, Marbury versus Madison? Any law repugnant to the Constitution is null and void on the face of it. Well, are you a constitutional scholar, Dan? I will be, right? Well, I mean, the I'm thing is, is the Constitution is such. A complex yet simple document in so many ways. It's complex in as much as the people that wrote it were very brilliant, and the way it's set up is amazing. But it's simple in as much as you can understand what they mean. Simple. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be some scholar to see what we, what they meant. Right. And even liberal judges have reluctantly said the Second Amendment does protect individual rights. And... I say protected. It, is, it, it delineates those rights. It's, it affirms those rights that we've already had, and we've talked about this before. But sure, they'll they'll be wanting to pass this and wanting to pass that, and then they'll have whatever um, body double that they're using for Chairman Biden on that particular day going ahead and sign it. And um, you know, and, okay, it's the law of the land. Oh yeah, great. You know, uh, it isn't going to be followed. And uh, a great uh, song for the sentiment of that is "Sick of It All." DNC, do not. Oh, comply. I love that one. Do not comply. I got these new Ebonics Hypnosis Project earbuds. They're like a three hundred dollar set of uh, Edematic. Uh, I think they're the ER4 XR. Yeah. And uh, boy, they'll blast that one. It, it's just amazing. And that's a good song to listen to. Them, yeah. Right? So the Ebonics. The Ebonics Hypnosis Project. I said, what you talking about, Acidophilus? <laughs> That's a little Shirley Q there for you. And Shirley Q does talk about that project. Yeah. Anyway, um, and that's in the um, Relax video. So yeah, you, yeah. If you, you go type Shirley Q liquor, Relax. Oh, man. That, that yeah. was like probably my all-time favorite. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Um, all right. Um... We're going to talk about recoil control, staying on the rifle. I'm going to let you do this because you're more used to doing it. Sure. So when our customers come through after you finish the classroom portion, uh, I do the online demonstration and just show you how you want to get behind the rifle, trigger squeeze, rear bag usage, whether you load the bipod or not, using the scope, that, that sort of thing. But uh, I always tell people that don't just listen to a lot of these new age, long range instructors that are going to tell you get straight behind the gun with your legs spread out and this why to get perfect recoil control. That is not how you get perfect recoil control. You can get perfect recoil control by... Good way to split the crotch out of your pants. It, it is. And it's also a good way to get cramps in your hips. <laughs> I'm about to do that one. Yeah. I, I mean, what I tell people to do is keep your right leg straight with a gun. If you're right-handed, if you're left-handed, this is going to be opposite. But if you're right-handed, keep your right leg straight behind the rifle and your left leg very slightly off to the side. 
that will give you perfect recoil control. And if you find that it's not giving you uh, as good recoil control as getting straight behind it with your leg spread out, that simply means your shoulder was not contacting the stock uh, when you were just keeping your right leg straight. So that is all you need to do to get that perfect recoil control. Uh, also, make sure that your scope is not set too far back. If, you, if your scope is you know, too far back on the gun, you're going to be pulling your head back, and therefore your shoulder is not really going to be contacting the stock the way it needs to be to absorb the recoil. If you've got space in between that stock and your shoulder, it's going to jump off a lot more. So these are things you want to watch for. And after you pull that trigger, follow through. Watch what happens downrange. Uh, people that are new to long-range shooting, a lot of times they're surprised that the bullet doesn't arrive on target instantly. It's not a laser beam. I have to tell that to people almost every day. I say this is not a laser beam. When you pull the trigger, you know, on this 308, it's going to take it over a second to get to 600 yards. You've got a little bit of time to get back on that target and watch for that bullet to arrive. And they're like, "What? I thought, you know, faster than a speeding bullet, it should just be there just like that." Nope. It's not. It takes a little time. You know, 308 on a 1,000-yard shot, you're closing in on three seconds. three seconds of flight time. Heck, that's, that's time to scratch your butt and get back on the it, it really is. <coughs> and all your creep wars are that, a little over two seconds. So well, that's plenty of time. Stay on the scope. Don't pop right off of it like we see a lot of people do. And then just run your bolt without, coming, without exactly. breaking position. You do not need to get off of the scope to run the bolt. You can feel that and because uh, your hand is already pretty much right where it needs to be. Run the bolt while you're looking through the scope. Don't disturb your sight picture. Exactly. So that's, you know, these are things you can definitely practice even dry firing. You know, lay down behind your rifle and dry fire the gun. Visualize. We're big on teaching visualizing. Visualize what you're doing. There have been studies that show that visualizing is almost as good as actual practice. Not quite, but, and that doesn't matter what it is you're doing. If you're shooting basketball, if you're, you're playing golf, or if you're shooting long range, visualize everything because that gets your subconscious mind on the same team, on board with what you are consciously willing to do. Very important. So well, it's like Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. You're right. But we had another Henry Ford quotable quote. Yeah, the one I was going to use for tonight is, uh, the only real mistake is the one from which you learn nothing. Uh -huh. And that is a, a really good one to think about. I like that. He's a pretty sharp dude. I don't know if he was the most perfect human being, but he had some good points. Right, and he knew how to build a vehicle, and he had a, like a lasting legacy there with Ford. I mean, it's just he would be so tickled to see that the F-150 is still the most popular truck in America, as it should be, because it's the best pickup. Well, truck is that right? It is. Well, I got uh, changed my mind. I got a GMC Chevrolet. Uh, it's a Government GMC. Motors, Barack Obama bailout. How do you sleep at night? Hey, let's hook. Your F-250 up to my 3500 and go out here on Mountain View Drive and see who pulls it. It's a dually. You've got, like, way more traction than I do. And a posi-lock rear, too. Yeah. So I got four tires locked in on the back and at least one on the front. Yeah, that's, like, totally not fair. You don't think? No. <laughs> I like that F-250. I really it, do. Well, it's been a, a trooper. I mean, we really abuse stuff. Uh, no, I mean, we I shouldn't, but we do. I abused it one day, not meaning to. Yeah, that's, we should have had a video of that. That was a Ford, Ford commercial. commercial. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like some Mr. Majestic stuff going on. Yeah, I was completely out of control of the truck because it broke traction on a really wet um, 
hillside on top so well. Yeah, probably a 20-degree hill, and it just started going. <laughs> you probably hit that ditch down there at the bottom going 35 mile an hour. Oh, yeah, I slammed dashing this, you know. Yeah, but when I got down there to it on the four-wheeler, uh, I was fully anticipating the frame was going to be broken or something major was going to be shot, and it didn't hurt a thing. It backed right out of it. And the only thing that hurt was me. <laughs> but I hurt all the time anyway, so I didn't notice too much of it. <clears throat> all right. Um, I want to mention we've got a lot of new gun owners in the country right now. Now, a lot of them uh, are former lefties, and they're kind of starting to see the writing on the wall, and they're thinking, well, now, wait a minute. Maybe I should get something to protect myself. And uh, I didn't hear the interview, but an attorney friend of ours uh, noted, you know, made me aware of it on the uh, because he listens to Nancy Pelosi radio all the time, you know, NPR. He'd uh, probably be pissed if uh, he heard this podcast, but he doesn't listen. So. Nazi propaganda radio. Yep. But they, they were interviewing this lady, and I don't remember her name, but she started uh, what are called the Pink Pistols. Now, I think it's about 10 years almost now. And that kind of got started after they shot that gay nightclub up in, was that Orlando, Florida? I believe it was. Somewhere in Florida. And... Um, so, yeah, we can talk about that another time. Really, that I mean, there were people killed, I don't doubt, but not 50, and uh, it was done for a reason to try to get the... Uh, Queers to turn on guns. Well, let's not call them that. Let's be nice. Well, actually, they'd call themselves that. So well, right. That's the cue, isn't it? Yeah. LGBT. Okay, we're, on, we're safe. We're not getting canceled yet, and it's cancel culture. The fact that you think that's a bad word just says a lot, Dan. Oh, my goodness, I've done stepped in it. <laughs> Done stepped in it. But anyway, no, they're citizens of the United States. They're human beings, and therefore they have a right to keep and bear arms. Absolutely. Whether you're in this country or wherever else, that you got correct. a right. You got a human right. That is a human right. Whether your government uh, acknowledges that is a different story, but you do right. have the right to defend yourself. Whether you live in Africa somewhere, whether you're in communist China, you have that right. You really do. It's being deprived of, uh, a lot of people are being deprived of it. But they and have. once you're deprived of it, it's hard to be undeprived of it. because it's hard to get it back. Right. Back off. <laughs> exactly. So, but no, the, the pink pistols and the, you know, a lot of women and people of different, uh, what do they call it, um, sexual orientations, as Shirley Key says, um, getting guns. Happy for them, you know. And the, the interviewer on NPR was just appalled that uh, this lady, who was in every other respect a liberal, was saying, "Well, on this issue right here, I am not liberal. They're trying to disarm us." She said that. She said this government is trying to disarm us. And so what I what I see, I see people leaving the left. I don't think they're gaining people. I think they're losing. Well, that's a fact. I mean, obviously Trump won the election by approximately 30 million votes. I mean, it could have been as much as 40, but at least we'll just say a minimum of 30 million votes he won the election by. Mm -hmm. That alone tells me that the left has lost so much support, it's not even funny. They have. But what ended up happening is China attacked. They attacked us in a cyber war against their voting machines. They shipped paper ballots over there, too. That was discovered. More's coming out all the time. 
but the enemy... You gotta know where to look, because this good information gets censored off of the internet. Virtually every platform. Every day. I, I mean, posts on Google, uh, you know, you search for something, find it on Google, the next day you can go back, it's not there. And it's not because the original poster took it down or deleted it. It's just not there anymore because it's getting censored. Uh, same thing on Facebook and oh uh, lots of other platforms like YouTube. Uh, this stuff is getting censored and banned, and that alone tells me all I need to know. Mm -hmm. If you wonder if something's true or not... See if it's getting banned on YouTube and social media. Then you know it's true. So, uh, they are losing people. And the enemy is advancing as best they can. Uh, I think that they realized that a great number of American people at some point are going to snap and are going to try to route that mess up there in D.C. So they put up these huge fences and they're adding to them, uh, trying to protect themselves. Sure. And, you know, this is what a totalitarian regime does. Oh, yeah. Look at other countries. This is uh, something Ron said pretty early on when he Colonel saw those Ron. fences going up. Um, this is something you see from a foreign country dictator seizing power and, you know, keeping a military presence up there to keep him in power. Right. You know, and, and exactly. And he's a retired Army lieutenant colonel. He's studied this crap for longer than most people out there listening. Have been alive. Have been alive. He knows what he's talking about. So that's what we're looking at up there. So where will it all end? Um, no one actually knows, but uh, it's not going to end well for the enemy unless and until they can disarm us. That is the problem that they... That can. is the only reason why people haven't been rounded up and sent to camps, virus protection camps, you know, mm -hmm. that people that are unvaccinated uh, and that aren't wearing masks. That's the only reason that those people are still free is because they're armed. Mm -hmm. If they weren't, they would have done been rounded up and taken into a camp somewhere, and that's a fact. I agree. They would have done it because this is the enemy we're facing. Um... People who think like Bill Gates, people who think like George Soros, and unnamed people, as you pointed out, that don't want their names in the news, but they're pulling strings and flipping levers and paying people off, buying judges, threatening judges and politicians, you know, blackmailing them. Um, and they've had plenty of time to put these corrupt officials in place. You wonder why there haven't been any 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 um, gains made in dealing with the fraudulent election. That's why. They've terrified judges. Right. You know, I think Alito and Thomas are, are about the only two straight justices on the whole darn court. They've got they got backbone. I'm sure they were threatened too. Right. But they are not going to put their own lives ahead of the the well-being of their country, You're right? Yep. And those are the. I think Thomas was George H. W. appointed, if I'm not mistaken, and then Alito I know was George W. appointed. So somehow two deep state thugs managed to appoint really good people to the Supreme Court. Yet Trump 
three, three strikes. Now Gorsuch <laughs> kind of ponied up on the good side on one of those. It was, it was too little, too late, as far as I'm concerned. I guess, you know. But um, what? Yeah, again, you're going to hear this in the news and that in the news, and they're passing this law and they're passing that law, and they're going to force this on you. And they're going to force that on you. Keep your powder dry. Stay tight to your weapons. And, and be willing to fight. Be willing to die. And um, make sure that you're going to be effective. Uh, get training. If you're not trained how to use an AR, you just own one and maybe you watched a YouTube video, that's not enough. Get trained with it. Make sure it's zeroed. Make sure you know point of impact shifts with different types of ammunition. Come see us. That's what we do is we train people how to use their weapons. Whether it's an AR, whether it's a, a bolt gun, that's what we specialize in is showing people how to shoot long range. But uh, if you want to come and uh, get training maybe up to just 400 yards with an AR and a prism scope, we'll do it. But, you know, can't you just buy a tactical rifle and a super high-end tactical scope and all the gadgetry and just by virtue of the, the fact that you own that, doesn't that make you a formidable force? Yeah, yeah. You would think some people must think that way. Because I'm telling you what, I got, what, are you, what do you call them? Ascoles, A-S-K. Yeah. Ascoles. So, I mean, I sent a big email out, an update, and we don't spam people. And you guys that are on our email list, you know, you might get three emails from us a year. Not kidding. That's it. But then, you know, somebody writes back, remove, remove, take me off this list. So I always look at who you are. So who is this? Well, he had emailed six months earlier. I'm not going to give the guy's name. In fact, I've forgotten it. But um, he'd emailed six months earlier and said, Yeah, I'm thinking about coming to a class. What kind of rifle, scope, ammunition, everything, blah, 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 this, blah, exactly. blah, blah, that. Well, I'm thinking about a Remington 700 or a Savage. Right, he was just looking for information. We get a lot of people that they just want our opinion on what they should get, and they have absolutely no interest in coming to a class or even getting training from anybody. Well, why spend $400 on a class when that would cover the price of a Todd Hodnett uh, ac the, the accuracy first level, and you could get a, a, a throw lever for your zoom ring and the angle cosine and clinometer. You that could get all that for 400 bucks. For 400 bucks. And not have to take the class. Right. If you got that stuff, that's the magic myth right there. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, folks. Uh, there's a, there is that mindset out there. Um, people are buying guns, and they're not shooting them. I'm on a couple of Facebook forums, and um, <laughs> one of them, um, you know, it's a Ruger revolver. I mean, I like Ruger revolver. I like all revolvers. I like all guns, pretty much. Uh, maybe the exception of that uh, Taurus Curve that looks like a phone that you left laying in the sun too long. And uh, <laughs> if you pull that on somebody, you're going to have to pull the trigger because yeah. they ain't going to buy the fact that that's a gun. Right. Kind of like that DP-12 that uh, I'm going to get um, Cerakoted like a Nerf gun. I'm going to do all the plastic yellow and then the two little uh, end caps for the muzzle. I'm going to have those Cerakoted orange. And the thing will look just like a Nerf gun. I'm not even kidding. And maybe even like all oh, that's gonna do is guarantee you're gonna have to shoot it. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> that's why I don't like these colored guns. Right. To be honest, pink ones. Come on. Although they're becoming commonplace enough, the thugs are kind of getting the. Idea. Right. But a few years ago, back when you were just starting to see those, you could guarantee if you pulled that on somebody, you were gonna have to shoot. Or pull the trigger because they're gonna you know start laughing. But um, 
you know, these, these folks with these stainless steel uh, Ruger Blackhawk or GP100, you know, and, and here's the post and there's a picture. I have welding marks on the front of my my cylinder. What? How do I get these welding marks off of this cylinder? This is wrong answer. It's <laughs> wrong <power>. question. <laughs> it's carbon. You shot yeah. the gun. At least you did that. I'll give you that because a lot of them. Are I don't know. He probably didn't. He probably just bought it and it was that way. I it mean, had people welding like welding marks on. Yeah, it. people like that are the same people like my EDC. Their yeah, po- their pocket th- knife and their pocket uh, knife and their wallet and their multi tool and yeah. EDC. Yeah, anybody that calls their uh, day-to-day carry EDC is a milk toast libtard that doesn't use their EDC. What do they call it? Metrosexual. Yeah. What yeah. would you say? The Argyle sock and tassel loafer Argyle wearing. Argyle sock and tassel loafer wearing brigade. Come on, be a man, or be a strong woman. Um. All right. Yeah, the assholes. You know, they, they ask all these questions. They want all this gear, but they're not planning on learning how to use any of it. You know, um, I've made the acquaintance of a couple in Milwaukee recently. It's a lady that's, you know, reading my book or actually narrating the audio book. And she and her husband, they're going out and they're shooting. They're out. Here's my target. This is what we do today. You know, they're learning how to use these guns. They just bought them. Right. They just, you know, they're examples of new gun owners. Which, by the uh, way, they're good examples. Exactly, of, good examples. I mean, there's a lot of new gun owners that are bad examples <laughs> of, of new gun owners. It's in the safe, right? You know, it's not only is it in the safe, but I put the lock through there too. Oh yeah. And I hid the key. <laughs> I try to remember if I ever. <laughs> He'd be wrong. like monk when somebody breaks into his house and he goes to his uh, wardrobe and he grabs that box and it has a gun and he's trying to remember the combination and. Uh, the guy walks in and he holds up the box. There's a gun in here. I got a gun in this box. <laughs> You're gonna be the same thing if yeah, you keep a lock right. through your guns. I mean, just just make sure they're out of reach of children or anybody that could harm themselves. And uh, you're going to be good to go. You don't need to store your ammo separate and your gun locked up. I mean, that's just be smart about where you put them. Don't leave them where you know a six-year-old can find them and and use them. Exactly. You know that's. Uh you know, where do you store a fire extinguisher, for goodness sakes? Right, that would be the same thing as saying... Screw the head off of it and lock yeah. that up. Put that fire extinguisher in the safe. That, that's, that <laughs> is a perfect analogy there, is take your fire extinguisher and put 14 locks on it and put it in a safe where you can't get to it because somebody could depress that when pointed toward somebody's face and blind them. Mm, have uh, right, so, I mean, you don't do that. You just use common sense. Same mm. thing when storing a firearm. One of the fake deaths at the so-called Capitol riot was somebody got hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Mm. I don't believe it. Nope. I don't think it happened because you could you try to follow up on some of this stuff and you had all kinds of dead ends. Right. Yeah. But you know, if you if you got gear, get out there and learn to use it. I mean, I understand that, but it's hard to come by. If you've only got a hundred rounds. Put 40 or 50 of those rounds into familiarizing yourself with that weapon. Yes. Knowing what to do with it. Do dry fire practice. Look at somebody on YouTube that's, you know, competent, that is shooting well. Watch their form. You know, look at uh, good training videos or come see us. I mean, we don't do handgun training. That's not really our wheelhouse. But uh, anything rifle related, we can teach you how to use it and use it effectively. You, uh, You know, and if you're 
you've got somebody closer to you and uh, or some maybe a friend that can train you, that's fine too. You don't have to come see us. Just get training somewhere. Know how to use what you have. Exactly. So on the subject of new gun owners, they're out there. Help them out. You know, I see people on some forums like, <laughs> you should have seen this guy at the range today. You know, <laughs> he was doing this with his gun. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you asshat, go over there and help the dude out. Right. You know, he's new at this. I bet you he knows some stuff about some things that you don't know anything about. You know? Exactly. So just go help him out. You know, um, he may have your back one of these days. You don't know. Right. right. Exactly. So help people out. Help them understand, you know, how to use what they have. If they can't find ammo, say, gosh, I paid way too much for this ammo here, but I, I mean, it's better than not having any. And, you know, don't say, well, I'll tell you where I could get some, but uh, you could. I'm not going to tell you because you might get it and I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, and, and the guy that's thinking that's got 5,000 rounds at the house. So help each other out. Help the new gun owners out. You know, if there's answer every question, and, you know, and don't mock. You know, some of these idiots on these forums, it's just, you know. Forums are so stupid. Uh, I mean, I, I was a member of a few long-range shooting forums on Facebook, and I, I finally dropped out of them, but for a long time I just kept them for comic relief. <laughs> and then it got sad because somebody would ask a legitimate question, and before anybody that knew what they were doing could come in there and explain to them what was actually going on, 50 people that had probably never even shot a long-range rifle came on there, oh, it's Coriolis, oh, it's Spindrift, oh, it's this, <laughs> and that, and the other. And, you know, when it's a simple answer like, you don't have a bubble level on the gun, you're tilting the rifle, or something like that. And it's sad because somebody that has a question like that gets answered by so many people that have no clue what they're talking about, and they believe them, because there's like, if there's enough people on there giving the same answer that's wrong, the person who asked the question, they're going to believe that. That's it. So I, I just dropped out of every form that I was this a member of. nerve-wracking. Yeah. So I got an email today from that guy that works with Hornady um, reading my, my first book, mm -hmm. uh, reading Killer Trace, The Immersion. I got two five-star reviews on the second book. It's only been out about a week. No, it's been longer than that, a couple of weeks. But that's still pretty good, moving up with those reviews. Uh, check those out on Amazon, Killer Trace, The Immersion, and Killer Trace, Fated Reflection. You know, I think most of the folks, most of you, of you all that listen to this podcast who also read would be, would enjoy them. I think you'd enjoy them. And if you're waiting on an audio book, I think we'll have that within six weeks. Yeah. You know, I think so, um, which will be the first one. And then we're going to get started right away on the second one, I think. I've got some... Um, Preps. We've tried to do prep of the week, but sometimes we forget. So sometimes it's prep of over two weeks. <laughs> it's not going to cost you a lot to buy what's called a come along. It's a little quarter inch cable ratchet with a hook on either end. It's basically a super heavy duty ratchet strap. Mm -hmm. And you can extract your vehicle from a ditch or from a stuck place somewhere. Uh, using one of those, you, and, and I would also uh, have with me a good length of rope, uh, 100 feet if you can do it, something about as big around as your 
index finger that can actually help pull the weight of your vehicle as you're trying to pull it backward. Somebody's ratcheting the come along, somebody's in the vehicle, you know, further in the gasoline, trying to get it to back out of that jam. Um, we have mentioned the traction boards. I think they could also get you out of a, a stuck situation in either mud or snow. Or if ice. you have a truck, it wouldn't be too hard to carry those. If you're just, you know, out in a car, that that would take up an awful lot of space. Depending on how big your trunk is, you can get them in your trunk, maybe. But, um, you know, just be prepared. We've talked about that before. Um, maybe a spray can of, um, of um, starting fluid, uh, jumper cables, um, and so forth. So uh, those are things to keep on hand. Um, you know, that would be for peacetime as well, but especially now, you know, uh, you think it's peacetime now. It really isn't. You know, that's part of the illusion where we're being kind of lulled into believing that, uh, you know, uh, everything's fine. Chairman Biden's in control. Chairman Biden is not in control. It's difficult right now to say who really is, but um, they're not friendly to the Constitution. They're not friendly to true patriotic Americans. Um, I hope that more and more people will wake up and realize what we, what has actually happened, what has taken place. I believe Donald Trump knows it. Uh, it's hard to tell at this point if he has a plan or if he's going to be able to um, influence um, anything in favor of the patriots. Time will tell, but uh, never, ever give up hope, and never, ever give up your weapons. For sure. Be willing to die. There are worse things than dying, so just know that. How far in are we here? Uh, we are about 42 minutes. That's not too bad. Any closing comments you want to kind of... Yeah, I got some closing comments. Every gun law is an infringement of the Second Amendment. And the fact that I can't buy an FN P90 off of Amazon with, like, the prime next-day shipping, mm -hmm. you know, that's all the evidence that I need that the Second Amendment has been trampled in the dirt and it means nothing anymore. Interesting. I, I should be able to buy that off of Amazon. I, I should be able to buy it at Walmart, anywhere. Yeah, I agree. They, yeah, they should have that 5.7 armor person ammo. Uh, Absolutely. Right there. And, you know, on my way home from Walmart, you know, with my P90, you know, I'm going to stop on the street corner, which has a C4 dispensing gumball machine. It's little gumballs that are actually C4. <laughs> I think they should have those. Just in case you're out in town and you see a little bit of a communist operation going it's on. It's sad to see what I've become. Because, I, you know, the, the sad part is, is I'm serious as a heart attack. I don't think that that would be a bad thing. Well, you know what? It might be a more peaceful society. No kidding. No kidding. People would be a lot more polite if they realized that you had a C-Ram mounted on top of your house. <laughs> All right. Hey, I uh, didn't intend to do this, but since I've just run across it on my computer, I'm going to read our listeners just an excerpt from the second book, Killer Trace, Faded Reflection, just to give you a flavor of what you're going to see in that book. And really the first one, if you do read it this uh Involves a character I called Clarence Gruber. Um, his mob boss was shot from just under a thousand yards as he stood just next to him. He had described the sound as a cleaver going through a head of cabbage. 
That's all it sounded like. But he was then invited to join another group that was loyal to the right people. It says, Groover would never forget the sound and the horror of Standigallo being disemboweled only 18 inches from him by a bullet shot from so far away that no one even noticed the sound. Groover would be loyal. The manner in which Standigallo died would always haunt him. It was a death that one could not brace oneself for. It was a death that one could not attempt to thwart by being faster with a gun or knife or a right hook. It was a death that even the most fearless of men would not get the satisfaction of leering into the face of. It was an inglorious death that came instantly, unseen, unexpected, out of nowhere. Clarence Gruber did not want to die that way. He would be loyal. He would faithfully align himself with that kind of power. That's out of Killer Trace Faded Reflection, second book. But read the first one first, as you should. All right, that'll be it. I'm going to close out with, uh, what have I got here? Well, you know, since we did some more... Uh, Yammering? Well, yeah, on, on, the, on the podcast, I, I should probably do some more closing comments, don't you think? You got some more? Yeah. Do it. All taxation is theft. I, all of it. I, I mean, when you're paying taxes at the pump, at the store, you know, when you're buying fast food, I mean, and then the end of the year taxes, property taxes, vehicle, all of it. It's theft. And then, you know, you get some panty-waisted liberal, you know, saying, but who would pay for the roads? I don't need roads. I can levitate on pure hatred for government. Who needs roads? Levitate. I, I, I really think I could. Actually, there are ways to get the roads paid for. Exactly. And, and I've actually mentioned that on the podcast before. I'm not going to go into that now. But there is tons of ways to have a fully functioning government that's not going to infringe on your rights without taxes. So enough, I that's the closing comments. That's the closing comments, and this is a, a group called um, Agnostic Front. Never walk alone. Mm -hmm.